Hello everyone, you're listening to Bible Coffee Talk with Allie Benfield, and I'm so happy you're tuning in. I hope you're well and living your best life for Jesus Christ. On my podcast, we talk about subjects that some, if not most of us, are either going through, dealing with, or just want more information about. But we apply the Bible and the love for our Savior Jesus Christ, hoping that it will enrich our lives and help us as we walk righteously in obedience with the Holy Spirit. And we do it while enjoying a hot cup of coffee together. Because after all, this is a fellowship between friends. Am I right? So grab your coffee and your Bible, and let's learn more about Jesus Christ. Sound good? Awesome. So let's dive in. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me today on Bible Coffee Talk with me, Allie Benfield. I'm so glad you've stopped by. Today I'm drinking a cafe mocha, which is half coffee and half hot chocolate. And I'm only drinking this because my buddy Jimmy said he liked them. So Jimmy, this one's for you, honey. The episode for today is about waiting on the Lord. Usually when I select what to do my podcasts on, I let the Holy Spirit direct me. And when he speaks to me and puts something on my heart, I know that that's the direction I need to go. But before we continue, you know the drill. I have to turn this entire podcast over to the Lord for his blessing. So let's pray, shall we? Abba, Father God, each and every time I call out to you, you draw close to me and you let your presence be known. Lord, I humbly ask you to join us today as we fellowship together. Your word says that where two or more of us are gathered, there you are also. Lord, join us today as we strive to learn more about you through the word that you gave us. Lord, I ask that every word that flows from my mouth be pleasing to you. Let me speak eloquently without faltering. Let me be a vessel to spread you to others, planting the seed of truth for your kingdom. I ask you for these things, and I thank you for these things in your beautiful and precious name, Jesus. Amen. I hope you have a comfy seat and a steamy cup of coffee and your Bible, because on my podcast, we reference, read, and apply the Bible to everything. It's my go-to and my fact checker. I do read the King James Bible because it's the least tampered with Bible out there, but I will use, occasionally, sometimes, the NIV Bible if a verse is tricky or too complicated to understand. So, the topic, the topic, (sighs) questioning God, you know, waiting on God. I mean, have you ever done it? No one is qualified to ever question the God of creation, yet every single one of us has done it at least once in our lives. We have. We've questioned God. We demand to know why he's done something a certain way or allowed something to happen or allowed something not to happen. And it sucks. I can speak for myself when I say that I would be one of those people who have questioned God on more than one occasion. And to be honest, I'm going through this right now. I want something to happen in my life so badly that sometimes I can hardly breathe and it just takes over completely. My entire being feels like I'm being restrained and trapped, like I'm being chained to a chair and I can't move to where I want to be. The Bible talks about waiting for God and trusting his timing. As I said, I'm learning this myself. At first, I was very nonchalant about waiting on God and trusting him to make a way where there was none. But as time rolled on, I noticed my fear increasing and my trust decreasing. I started to panic and doubt in God and his timing. And daily, I could almost hear God saying, you know, calm down, Karen, just have a seat and calm down. (laughs) To be honest, most people would agree with me on this one, that in those hard moments, we get discouraged and we start to falter. We allow depression to sink in. We just get moody and, and our whole personality changes. And it's affected 
um, it affects other people around us because they see that and they know something's wrong and there's really nothing they can do because we're waiting on God. It's him that has to help us. Many times in my life when I've called out to the Lord for help uh, to see me through a specific problem that I was dealing with, he'd go rogue. You know, like he would, it just seemed like he would disappear. And I never understood why. When I needed him the most, he would always pull away. It felt like everyone else was pulling away and so was God. And it was like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> but it wasn't until years later that I noticed something and I started to see it happen more and more, like again and again. And in those times that God went rogue or silent, he was actually arranging and putting things into place flawlessly so that I could navigate smoothly just like I prayed to him about and asked him to, to look after me about. And once I saw this pattern and I picked up on the signs, I started to relax and I truly started to trust in him. And that's a hard thing. You know, when you can't see something, you can't hear anything, you're going on blind faith. And that's what this is. It's hard. But when you start believing in the Lord Jesus a little more, you start really seeing him, not physically with your eyes, but you see him in the things that go on around you. Yeah. So once I started to relax and trust him, things would open up. Problems would be fixed or removed and blessings would come. But with this one area that I'm now finding myself in, I mean, it looked bleak. It looked hopeless. And yet again, God would put on my heart to trust him. And every morning I'd wake up with this feeling of dread and it would be like, oh, God, why? And he'd say, calm down, trust. And it'd be like, okay. And then a little later on, it would be like, oh, this just seems hopeless. God, why? Calm down. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> okay. He would remind me, you know, that when I'd lost everything and I was in a homeless shelter with, you know, no credit, no references, no job, very limited money, when things were hopeless, he found a way for me to get out of the shelter and into a beautiful apartment. I had 10 days that I was allowed to be in the shelter and God provided me and my children a way to get out of there in seven. He made sure that the details were ironed out. So what does the Bible say about waiting on the Lord and trusting on him? Let's have a look and see. Oh, okay. In Psalms, Proverbs, and other books of the Bible, we find commands to wait on the Lord. Like this one in Psalms 27 verse 14, it says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Most modern translations use wait for the Lord. To English readers, the idea of waiting on the Lord might seem like a passive exercise, but a closer study reveals that it's nothing of the sort. Whew, Lord, <laughs> this is a good one. Patient, confident trust in the Lord is the central idea of exoneration to wait on the Lord. The entire chapter of Psalm 27 is a prayer to God for help. It beautifully illustrates the meaning of waiting on the Lord. Throughout the psalm, eloquently lines, David expresses authentic faith and courageous trust in God based on his confident expectation that the Lord will rescue him and save him in his time of trouble. First, we see that we can wait on the Lord by trusting in him. David expressly expressed great confidence in the Lord who was his light, his salvation, and stronghold, which says that in Psalms 27 verses 1 and 2, this kind of dynamic trust dispels fear and despair, and it reads, When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. We can wait on the Lord by seeking him. 
David conveyed his trust in the Lord in Psalms 27, verse 4, by longing to be with him, to commune in God's presence and worship in his temple. It says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. Wow. Wow. Have you ever yearned for something or someone so much that it completely consumed you, that you thought about them or it day and night? In verses 5 and 6, we see that God, God's dwelling place, praising and worshiping the Lord, David felt safe and secure. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. <clears throat> Excuse me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice the shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. We can wait on the Lord through prayer, as David did in eager expectation of deliverance. And you can find that in Psalms 27, verse 7 to 14. David asks God for wisdom, direction. You can see that in verse 11. Protection in verse 12. Holy believing he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 13. Those who wait on the Lord can fully expect him to fulfill their hope. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Psalm 25, verse 3. Waiting on the Lord involves the confident expectation of positive results in which we place great hope. This expectation is based on knowledge of and trust in God. Those who do not know who the Lord God is won't wait on him, and neither will those who fail to trust him. We must be confident of who God is and what he is capable of doing. Those who wait on the Lord do not lose their heart or their prayers or their anything because they put their confidence in the Lord. It says in John, 1 John 5 verse 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, waiting on the Lord renews our strength. Waiting on the Lord by trusting, seeking, and praying establishes our faith and brings sincerity and stability. Psalms 40 verse 1 through 3 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. This passage affirms waiting on the Lord is also a testimony to others who will see our faith and, as a result, <laughs> they'll put their trust in God too. To trust the Lord, we need to have hope in Him that He is bigger than anything else and that, as our loving Father, He knows what's best. I recently told Justin, my best friend, about this, that as children of a Heavenly Father, we're very immature. And even though it may seem like God isn't around and things don't make any sense as to why, for whatever reason, we're waiting on something and he's not helping, he hasn't left us. That's the voice of Satan. He's the one that tries to fill our minds with lies, limiting God. And we really shouldn't be doing that. We should not be limiting God at all. God never leaves us. And the Bible is full of passages about um, his always being near us and, and helping us. Um, I told Justin that as children, it's not expected for us to know more than our father any more than we can expect our own children to know more than us. As parents, it's our job to protect and watch over our little ones in ways that our little ones don't understand, but we do. And how much more does our Heavenly Father love us and know more for us? Time 
can suck. There are times when time is beautiful, healing, and times where time is agonizingly slow. And waiting for something or someone that you want in your life or around you or blessings, that's brutal. It really is. But it's during these waiting times that God wants us to trust and lean on him. Waiting on the Lord brings God's blessings. Isaiah 64 verse 4 says, Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7 says, So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we might feel as though the Lord does not see us or hear us and that he's not answering our prayers. During these moments, we can put our complete faith and trust in the living God. We can wait on the Lord in eager anticipation, knowing that he is with us and he is in control of our lives. He will do what he wants and he will praise us and he will lead us in the direction he wants us to go. He will rescue and save us. He is always working for our good, even when we don't feel him or see him. Though patient, courteous, active, trusting, seeking, and in prayer, we can learn to wait on the Lord. Let me just say this. God wants his children to be happy. He does. Like, that's... He wouldn't have given his son Jesus Christ as a sacrifice for us to be with him if he just didn't care about us. That's why he gave Adam a helper, a mate, a wife, to keep him company and to help him in all things. That's why he gave them a perfect paradise on earth. God makes no mistakes. When he aligns things up and puts thing, things in such fine, intricate detail in the details, then we're required as his children to wait for when the father says, the wait's now over. Have you ever been pestered by your child for something? I mean, think about it for a second. Your child's come up to you and said, you know, I want this toy, or I want this video game, or I want this piece of candy, or whatever it is. I want, I want, I want, I want. And for whatever reason, you've had to say no, whether it's, you know, your finances aren't in order, or, you know, you just can't afford it, or, you know, you, you just don't want them to have that at this time. And you've had to say no, a hard no. <sighs> okay. Do you remember how horrible that felt? You know, saying no to your child? Do you remember the heartbroken face of your child? Do you remember the sound of their crying, begging you, saying, you know, I'll be so good and, you know, trying to make deals with you. I'll clean my room for a month and I'll, I'll wash the dishes for a month or whatever it is. They, they try to, you know, please, please let me have this. Please let me have this. Okay. Now, do you remember when that situation changed and your child came to you and asked you again for help with whatever it was they were asking? And you had the opportunity to say yes? Do you remember the joy that transformed their innocent face from heartbreak to, to just absolute elation? Do you remember the thank yous that they said over and over and over again? The hugs, the love, the, the praise that they gave you? That, that right there, that's what God wants. He wants us to trust him, to know when the perfect moment is, and to trust that when it comes, he will bless us abundantly because of our faithfulness. And when he does say yes, he wants to see the joy spread across our faces and to hear our praise to him. He wants to hear the thank yous. He wants us to trust, to love him, to praise him. This is God. God is not some slacker. He's just not a somebody. He is the maker of the universe creation of everything in it of all the little details that always get overlooked the moment we fully and sincerely trust despite the ache inside us for whatever it is we're wanting or craving then that is when typically the blessing will come children who challenge their parents who give attitude or her mood or who are moody you know or ornery 
that won't make their, their parents give in. It won't. It will actually have the adverse reaction to that. Um, and those, it will actually have the adverse reaction to it. Typically, it's the journey that has the most bang for the buck. And typically, it's in the waiting on the Lord that shows the biggest growth spurt spiritually. So, that is today's episode. I hope you found the truth spoke to your heart. If you're struggling with this issue, just know that you're not alone. God is with you. He does hear your prayers. Whether the answer is yes or no, you have to have faith that he knows what's best for you. And if something is aligning in detail to, and you can see his hand in it, then you have to have faith that he will see it through. He won't take you halfway. He won't take you a little bit. He will see you through all the way. And he will make sure that everything is perfectly in accordance to what he wants. The little things that are overlooked, he will provide. He will provide everything for you. And even though it may feel like he's not there, not listening and not helping you, have faith that he's gone ahead and he's paving the way, putting the final touches on what needs to be done so that you get a rich blessing with the most rewards. If you want to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, but aren't really sure which direction to go or how to talk to him, please reach out and either add me as a friend on Facebook or message me. My profile is set to open, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. Uh, I would be thrilled to share my Heavenly Father with you and the sacrifice he gave us by our Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross so that you and me and everybody else can join him in heaven. So thanks for stopping by and listening. I pray that if you're struggling and wanting... Um, to talk about the Lord, uh, talk to him. Just talk. Just Prayer isn't necessarily like, it's not like that. Talking to the Lord is just talking, praying. Just, Lord, you got a minute? Can you sit with me? I got a heavy heart, and I just need to, to talk to you about it. You know, I really need this to happen for me. I need to, to be somewhere. I don't know how I'm supposed to get there and things aren't looking good and you created everything in the world. You created everything in the universe and if you can do all that, if you can part the Red Seas, if you can find a way for, for the lame to walk and, and just everything, then please find a way for this to happen. That's a prayer right there. It's not anything where you have to, you know, to to make a big show and a big scene. That's he actually says, don't do that. He wants a personal relationship with you. Talk to him. He's listening. And by talking to him about it, you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. And by doing what he wants you to do, you're pleasing him. And by pleasing him, he's bound to give you a reward for your faithfulness. Stay encouraged, guys. Read Joshua 1 verse 9 because it's a great verse in the Bible. Bye for now, everyone. Hey guys, I just wanted to thank you for taking this time with me today to fellowship and learn more about our wonderful Heavenly Father, His perfect Son Jesus Christ, and the incredible Holy Spirit as we apply the Bible to our lives and our faith. I hope that what you heard and learned today has touched your heart and is tended to and ministered by the Holy Spirit. I pray that He fills you with His discernmentship and understanding so that the words of the Bible imprint on your heart with meaning and worth. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning soon, and when He does, I pray that you're among those that are caught up in the sky to meet Him so that you could join in the wedding banquet called the Feast of the Lamb. Until we're together again fellowshipping over coffee, <laughs> This is Ali Benfield signing off. Bye for now, guys.